welcome back to another episode of Protein Ramblings. I guess Happy New Year by the time this is released. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. May. 20. Sort of in that. In, we're in that that period between happy between Happy New Year and Christmas. <laughs> between Happy New Year. Yeah. Limbo. <laughs> Things are neither merry nor happy. <laughs> no, it's just miserable bullshit. We don't know what day it is. I'm surviving on chocolate alone. A bit <laughs> I, I, I'm surviving on yuzu liqueur. Uh, well, actually, Ooh. yuzu umeshi and whiskey and unmentionables. Tis the season. Tis the season. <laughs> Is the season. I'm surviving yeah. on healthy meals of lots of protein and carbs. Mm-hmm. Wow, new year, new no old year, new you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually just made a, a really nice dinner before we started. I, I, I basically pan fried some chicken and some prawns, and then made like a tomato, a tomato and basil cream sauce, and melted a shit ton of cheese over and had it on top of some Ooh. orzo. Good. It Welcome good. to the first episode of Protein Ramblings Cooking Show. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> new year, yeah. new us, mm-hmm. new year, same Dungeons and Dragons same friendship making bullshit <laughs> friendships are stupid kids yeah like don't have friends <laughs> have enemies they're far more entertaining but needless to say we are back with the penultimate yeah penultimate yeah. penultimate episode of our dungeons and dragons watch through we are drawing ever closer to the end of our time with the the gang in the realm of dungeons and dragons with the next episode we're gonna actually do the last three proper episodes and the the finale, the unaired finale, which is non-canon because we all know Bobby and everyone was eaten by Tima. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't accept that. <laughs> you must. For me, that is must. non-canon. But until then, we have a crazy grab bag of three episodes this time around. I got shafted yeah. again mm-hmm. with the the lesser of the three. Better than last week's third episode, I must say. Nowhere near as fucking wet. But, but still the lesser of the three. The first episode, as we'll find out, is like pacing. My God, pacing. It's just, yeah. it's, it goes a lot longer. Yeah, everything is happening so much in this episode. It's, it's so good until the end. Oh, my God. So without further ado, episode 22. The Dungeon at the Heart of Dawn. It's a good I title. near the city at the edge of midnight. Probably. Yes. I like to think they were <laughs> adjacent neighborhoods. Na- neighborhoods? Neighborhoods. Neighbourhoods. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in the Netherlands too long. Neighbourhoods, yeah. Neighbourhoods. Is that is that two like criminals that live next to each other? Yeah. You yeah. know, neighbourhoods. Neighbourhoods, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, we open on a pitch black screen, which for a moment made me think my computer just crashed. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a, there was, I don't know if you had the same issue with the second episode. Lock, the the sound. Yeah. Lock, yeah. yeah. We lost I had sound. to find an alternate version. Uh, yeah, for it. I just skipped ahead and assumed I hadn't missed anything important. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Which I think is probably the case. <laughs> anyway, we open on pitch black and we can hear Eric and Bobby in uni, but we can't see anything. And we find out neither can they because they are in the Tower of Darkness <laughs> on Dungeon Master's orders. At least it lives up to the name, right? It, re- it, does, it delivers completely. It does seem like of all the evil places to build, it's the simplest thing to build. A Tower of Darkness just requires no windows. Yeah. yeah. It therefore will be dark. It's yeah. the first thing. Roof. It's effectively the first thing anyone builds in Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, giant tower of the penis tower of darkness. (laughs) So we can infer from their conversation that Dungeon Master has sent them here without very many instructions, as is his way, which I think actually comes back to bite him in this episode. Yeah, this 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 entire thing could have been avoided by Dungeon Master explaining shit for once. Yes, yes, definitely, and not shicking the blame onto fucking Hank. (laughs) That was funny though. (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) 
so we, we can we can tell from their dialogue that Eric and Bobby are stumbling around in the dark, and Eric tells isn't that Bobby just a to, metaphor for what they're doing yeah, all the time basically. in this realm? <laughs> uh, Eric tells Bobby to to open the door, and we hear a crash, and light falls in, and we see that Bobby has actually knocked a hole in the wall with his club, and and we see that the three of them are alone in this tower. In the distance, there are some ruins. Eric is carrying a chest. And as they're leaving the the hole that Bobby has made, the ceiling of it, I don't know what you call the, the ceiling of the hole, the top of the hole. The archway. The archway mm. begins to collapse. So, you know, like words. The whole, I, had, I had a really intense workout session, okay? My brain is gone. <laughs> so no, I can no longer write. <laughs> yeah, but I need to be healthy all right <laughs> my note taking is fine <laughs> it's my speech that's gone the whole tower then just collapses as they flee and we cut to the rest of the party who are waiting nearby actually Hang and Sheila very cosy very much cuddled up together mm, I didn't notice that actually but yeah did, we Peter how can he be a pedo? He's 16. She's 13. Yes. Yeah. We went Romeo through this last Juliet week. Laws. We went through this last week. It's statutory. Not <laughs> it's exactly. statutory. Okay, yeah. And statutory. she's a teenager, not a child. Legally, it's probably okay. Depends where you're listening. If you're in America, it's probably Depends legal. which state, not, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, depends on the state. And anyway. to be honest, like 16, to the, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find a court that would actually can like, take that Especially trial. in the realm. I don't think <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it's probably not a huge concern. I, I'm sure there's some far more... 13 is marriable age in the medieval world. <laughs> 13 is childbearing age. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's actually the, the age of consent in Japan, I believe. I think it, wow. does it vary from prefecture to prefecture? No, I think no? it's just 13 okay. globally. I'll check that while you're reciting. Um, as, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's important day. information. Just as the uh, party are waiting, this, this giant boulder kind of crashes down and it appears to land on Bobby. So Sheila's panicking, but it's a fake out. Bobby smashes it with his club. He's fine. The party reunites and Eric says that they should open the box. But Bobby says, no, Dungeon Master told them to just bring it to him. And Eric says it to is Hank... 13 in Japan. <laughs> good to know. Eric says to Hank, basically, as the leader, don't you think we should open the box? And Hank kind of blows him off. He seems to find it shocking that Eric has called him the leader. He's yeah. much like, come on, give me a break. Rolls his eyes. He's Two cuddling with in. Sheila, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, well, it, 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 it's quite funny because Hank's like, Oh, leader, give me a break. I'm like, dude, you profess to... Who was that entire episode where <laughs> your, your biggest fear was like failing as a leader? Come on, man. And hey, look, here you are, failing, failing as, as a leader. leader. <laughs> so Eric removes the lock just as Dungeon Master shows up and Dungeon Master is warning him off. He's very much like, you, you know, stop, put it back, don't touch it. And we hear this grunting from within the box. Eric tries to seal it again. It, it really is like... It is grunting. Yeah. It, it, it's pervert man grunt. <laughs> It's a big reason. <laughs> like rubbing. I'm going to take your word for that. Eric tries to seal the box again, but a beam of light shoots out, hits the sky, and we see Shadow Demon lurking nearby. Dungeon Master closes the box up and is just, he's mad at Eric. And he explains that they have signaled a being more powerful than any they have faced before. And he should have told them this earlier, is yeah. my yeah. note, basically. He was so shitty at them. Yes. Yeah. And riddles he, that got him So there. what we can assume is that he said, go to the Tower of Darkness, get the box, bring it to me. Yeah. And that I, was the extent of instruction. Get the box of Balefire. No box explanation Balefire. to what Balefire yeah. is. And if he had just said, don't open it, there's something evil and dangerous inside that could kill us all, a lot of problems why could have been averted. So what I'm curious about is why did Dungeon Master even want this? Because even, like, as we'll come to, even Vengers, like, why the fuck did they go and get this box? Yeah, they didn't mm -hmm. know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have just been left there. And if it was in the Tower of Darkness, you have to assume it was probably pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Venger didn't know it was there. No, yeah. but, well, I mean, Venger seemed to know it was there because Venger was like, no, why, the, why, why, oh God. Well, I don't know if he knew it. I mean, even if he knew it was there, I guess, again, he it's didn't in the want anything to do with it. It's safe. Nobody yeah. 
no one se- like thing. no one's like venger and did not seem to want anything to do with this in fact he goes on to say like i'm gonna punish the kids yeah for doing basically this. because we then cut to venger and shadow demon and shadow demon telling him that the box of balefire has been opened and venger is shook basically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he swears yeah, to punish shook. the kids no matter what he also he said, is because he goes from like surprise to fear yeah he? basically he's like he, he is coming and he, i'm gonna punish the kids for this he actually turns to shadow demon he's like Shadow Demon, I swear I will survive this. Yes. I'm like, what? Yeah. What is going on? This is down? some serious evil. Yeah. And like, I reckon like this is when your party get too high level, basically. So Dungeon Master's like, <laughs> gotta up the ante. Yeah. yeah. We then come back to the party and... It- Yo, you think you're hot shit. Well, welcome <laughs> this thing. Yeah, level 20 challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, what we see is Hank just repeatedly firing arrows into the ground for no immediate apparent reason. It's all he knows how to do. But yeah, exactly. Mm. When all you've got is a bow, everything looks like an arrow or something. He's he's (laughs) blasting a You know that phrase? When all you've got is a hammer or everything looks like a nail? No? Okay. Is that innuendo? Except the bow bow shoot targets, not... I mean, they shoot arrows, but at targets. (laughs) When when you've got a gun, everything looks like another American. (laughs) (laughs) So what he's actually doing is making... When you've got a gun, everything looks like an American high school. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep on talking. Um, Everything... Um, he's, he's making yeah. a hole in the ground I don't know why Bobby didn't just use his club which I think would have been much more effective and quicker they throw the box in and then Bobby uses his club to to cover up the box with rubble and DM takes off everyone follows him and Eric quite reasonably wants to know what the fuck is going on but even at this point Dungeon Master stays very cryptic with them he refuses to give any straight answers well, to what's happening well he just tells them they're running for their lives yeah but I mean that's not enough information in this scenario I think it's an inf- I will give him like you know Time Brevity urgent. might be. Yeah, yeah, just like we're running for our lives. I'm taking this seriously. Therefore, <laughs> even Dungeon you should take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you should just shut up and follow me. <laughs> we have storm clouds gathering, the winds are howling, and this column of fire and lightning starts to head their way. It's like burning through the landscape as it approaches them. Venger, we see, greets this column as master. Yes. And it communicates with him by hissing a lot. <laughs> um, and you, I like how Venture Ven- is get... standing on pride rock yeah. Yeah. as well. And yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. Like facing it. Definitely. You, you only get Venture's side of the conversation, but it's, it basically is like his annual performance review is yeah. going very yeah. badly. He's like, I haven't failed. I don't deserve punishment. Why are you saying I failed? And he then tries to attack the, the column of light, but it seems to engulf him. That's what we see. And we then cut back to the park, the party walking against a raging wind in, in a canyon, I think. I just put canyon because it was probably a canyon. Yeah. Presto is trying to conjure something to help them, but he's failing. There goes our accurate geology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, there was a lot of rock. Lots canyon of verdant desk. greens as well. Yeah, yeah. With the column of light smashes through the cliff to come after them. And Dungeon Master teleports the party away into like, to a completely different location. Well, so at this point, Dungeon Master does tell them that this thing is known as many names on many worlds. But it is just pure evil, evil. and it, it wants, wants to, to rule the universe. In evil. With evil. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's a Republican. <laughs> this is... <laughs> the ultimate Republican. It's, it's um, fucking, what's his face? Jowly McJowlson, which I know is every Republican. <laughs> McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. yeah, so Dungeon Master teleports the party away. We'll see that he, this is... Someone gift that. The face him. reveal on this, and it actually be a bitch, McConnell. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but the light finds them anyway, and it comes up on them. Dungeon Master teleports them again, 
and they're back at the tower where they started. And Dungeon Master, we can see, is completely drained. He just collapses. He gives up. He, he phases like, in and out of existence. Yeah. Mm. Bobby is scared. <laughs> Bobby is very much like, Sheila, what's happening? What's going to happen? And Sheila tries to comfort him. And Eric is just like, we're dead. No, kid, we're dead. We're yeah. barbecue. <laughs> we're fucked. Eric is, uh, what's his face from Aliens? Game over, man. It's game, <laughs> game over. Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite bit of the episode because Eric is kind of talking to Dungeon Master and he's like, I, I know you think this is my fault. And Dungeon Master is like, no, actually, it's Hank's fault for giving you permission to open the box. It's like, fuck. And Hank just is like, I'm not going to say sorry. Crestfallen. <laughs> he's yeah. very much like, no, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> so Dungeon Master at this point takes their weapons and he's he's kind of using the weapons power to add to his own to attack the column of light and he warns the kids not to look at the thing's face. So Eric looks. Eric looks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe this thing's face. It was Green kind Goblin. of... Green Goblin, pig, Merman. A bit nosed Green Goblin. It, do you know what it was? It was Hordak. Nah, a, little a little bit. bit. Maybe yeah, like a Hordak cousin type Green thing. Green Goblin yeah. fusion. Yeah. yeah. DM is trying to fight it, but it's too powerful. It overwhelms him and we get an explosion. And when everything clears... It's so epic. Like It's the, like, a really... He's, yeah. he's like above the cloud line, this evil, and he's shooting down this Yeah, and you see Dungeon Master's magic kind of shooting back and you can see that yeah. it's... Oh, there's such good animation. Everything is very epic and high stakes feeling in this episode. Yeah, full on. Actually. Yeah, this so the when first 15 minutes. Yeah, when the dust clears, we have this massive crater, and we see the party are now in a cave with their weapons, and there's no sign of Dungeon Master. There are strange I don't know noises. Why, but going back to geology, I would call this a cavern. Yeah, Not I think you're probably yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, well, they're in the Underdark. They are, yeah. basically, yeah. <laughs> he calls it the Underworld, but yeah. it's basically the Underdark. So they're in a cabin. Yeah. They've got their weapons, but there's no sign of Dungeon Master. And there are these strange noises echoing through the, the cabin. So they kind of, they assume the position and they're holding their weapons ready to fight. We have oh. more enslaved little people as well in this episode. You do. We do, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> particular note of that. Um, but they realize their weapons are powerless. You know, Hank tries to draw an arrow, nothing happens, all that kind of thing. Dungeon Master appears... I guess there's like a, a walkway above them, a ledge. He appears up there and he collapses and falls into Eric's arm and he starts vanishing and reappearing and phasing in and out. And he says he's used too much power and the weapon's power to transport him here to the underworld. And he, he's basically going to die unless they take him to the center of the underworld where they can replenish their weapons and Dungeon Master's own magic. And that's this place. <laughs> Which happens to be across the Plains of Fire. Yes, yes. <laughs> got to get across the Plains of Fire to, to the dungeon the of the Heart of Dawn. To the title. At this point, Hank sees Shadow Demon lurking, so they move out. I spelled facing with an S. <laughs> Just pointing that out. Now who can't talk or spell or write? <laughs> facing. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, is Dungeon Master is basically implying that they need to go to an evil power source to recharge himself and the weapons. I, I mean, I, uh, uh, is a power source evil? Can it, can it have an neutral. alignment? A power source know, is only as evil as what area. it's used for. What's deep? I don't think we should like assume it. that the underworld is evil just because it has connotations of death and doom. And <laughs> hey, man, Underdark's full of nice little mushrooms. No, it isn't. Well, it has one nice mushroom. <laughs> we've met one nice mushroom in our yeah, but we've been in drought. Campaign. We've been dealing with drought. There. <laughs> there was one okay drought, I guess. Well, he was okay that he was like Vietnam vet, like thousand yard stare drought. Yeah, anyway, and now he's dead. <laughs> As most of them are. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and there, was the, there was the nice cult of fish people. Now they're dead. <laughs> We're starting to see a pattern in our D&D like yeah. campaign, actually. Yeah. Um, so the party set off. They're heading through. I, I think this was definitely a canyon. And Shadow Demon is following. Can a canyon? Can you have an underground canyon? Surely it's just a cave because it's under dark. Underground is always just a cave. Because okay. a, a canyon. A canyon. Does a canyon imply yeah, a sky? It's always a, a cavern. cavern. Yeah, yeah, it's a cavern. Because a canyon, a canyon would <laughs> imply sky. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They're walking exactly. through a canyon with a roof. I did notice 
actually Hank they're not just walking through Hank is now suddenly the leader again yes he's, like he's very much like yeah, yeah, yeah. you bring up the room Go to you bed. keep up with dungeon master <laughs> yeah. and I'll take yeah yeah he's he's very much now accepting leadership uh, we cut to Venger who's also very obviously weakened by the uh, the big bad Shadow Demon oh bless Shadow Demon tries to kind of comfort him you know yeah. he's like reaching out for him and Venger just no, shoves him aside he's not having there it is no, there he is no emotion back. here but Venger says he's gonna follow the party to the dungeon at the heart of dawn and then he can take out Dungeon Master and the Big Bad. So the party now walking along a, a cliff it's edge really path. It's really awkward it not having a name. That's why I ended up calling it the Big Bad. I just call it evil. Yeah. Mm. Um, Lightning strikes. And up, up above on the top <laughs> of the cliff, Shadow Demon pushes this massive boulder down at them. And Dungeon Master tries to break up the boulder magically, but he's far too weak. And what we see happen is Presto knock Dungeon Master out of the path of the boulder and then fall off the and cliff. And Bobby. And Bobby. Mm. But mostly Dungeon Master. And Presto appears to be just clinging to the side of this cliff by sheer will but then you see he's actually standing on a very tiny precarious ledge and he's too far down for the party to no way him. would this he've landed this no way no <laughs> this is incredible Presto. no no maybe Hank May, definitely Sheila definitely Diana oh sorry yeah, Diana Diana, Diana fine, yeah Diana yeah. would have been fine but they, you know, they can't reach him they try a couple of different methods to get to him and he's just too far down so he tells them to move on and come back for him once they've got their powers back I would have been like fuck off you would not move I am not staying here <laughs> I'd what's, be like, take what's your, your option? Yeah, damn it. Not you, Diana. You've got nothing on yeah. you. Really. Nothing like, useful to contribute. Yeah. Or Bobby, like, really. Just Sheila's cloak alone should have been good enough. Right? Yeah, they, they don't, don't yeah. No, they just, just, like, they just no, no. lower Hank over the edge by his legs and, and uses his bow out. <laughs> They're like, well, we've tried one thing. We're heading off, which they do. We we come to a new, it's not really a biome. I think that's probably too random word for this. There's like a lava it's river. It's just lava. And there's an obelisk at the edge of it. And Venger starts just throwing rocks as shit. Yeah, he just throws a rock at the obelisk yeah. and it acts like a gong. Yeah, it makes a gong bong. sound. And, and this so draws he, the party's attention. And so d he has dominion over all lizardmen because he has dominion <laughs> over lava lizardmen. Yeah. Lava lizardmen. Yeah. Yeah. Lava lizardmen. So the LL. What they see is <laughs> <laughs> these. They're, they're actually, I think Eric calls them giant salamanders. Come yeah. Out of the yeah. lava and start to attack Fire the party. Use, I think, in yeah. D&D. Mm -hmm. And Diana just kind of MVPs her way into this. She is backflipping and acrobating all over the place. And Fighting she's like, them with a stick. I can hold a them stick. off. Yeah. A really dried, dead old yeah. tree yeah. somehow in this So, cabin. yeah, she tells the party that she'll hold off the salamander while Maybe they Maybe that's what her javelin is when it's not powered. Just, just dried a stick. wood. <laughs> So she's she's holding off the salamanders. The party go on again, and we cut to I don't know what this was a goblin. Um, a so I I, I so you know how uh, in our D and D campaign, Miro's a a, a type of dwarf that is from the Underdark. Uh, I think oh, you're, yeah, yeah, maybe. I thought these were these were like a gnome. a gnome. Sorry, gnome from the Underdark. I thought these were that the same kind of thing that maybe. he's supposed to be. They are definitely I can believe that little humanoid creatures, and they have laser horns. And they're in a mine and they're enslaved, as is the natural order of things with short people. Um, they're like double enslaved because yeah. there's like enslaved leaders whipping other, <laughs> yeah. other enslaved things to do the work. Uncle Tom's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows up and he starts giving orders, but the lead goblin is actually very sassy with him. And he's like, maybe you're not as powerful as you think you are down here. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Yes. Yeah, and as yeah. well. Like, they didn't know what's going no, on. Yeah. And he's like, maybe you've got any power anymore? And Venger's like, don't make me show yeah. you. Yeah. I don't, maybe he just tries that every out. time Venger shows up, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Venger just bluffs his way through the encounter, and he, he sends the whatever they are, goblins, Let's gnomes, call them gnomes. After the party. So we, we cut to the remains of the party, who are now shoving their way into a giant tower. 
it's your halud. That's exactly that's what my <laughs> yes. is. There's a massive spiral staircase, and down at the bottom is the guardian, which is a just a dune worm. But it purple. is just a dune worm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a guardian naga. I think yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. If you want, like, it is a giant mouth. It's the it's the one <laughs> from Star Wars, surely, as much as it is from Dune. Yeah. I think it's more Dune because the Sarlacc in Star Wars is kind of like it just kind of sits on, there. It's just permanently underground, whereas the giant or something will fall move. into his mouth. Yeah. Eric takes on the MVP role now. He's distracting the worm. He tells the others to go on because at this point, Dungeon Master is really fading in and out. And they're like, the end is nigh. So Eric orders the others on while he holds off the worm. And Hank carries Dungeon Master into this bright light, at which bright point Venger shows up with his gnomes who attack. And Hank stays to them off. No, 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 no. Let's not skip over the gnomes attack. They <laughs> shoot lasers from the horns on their helmets. Yes, it's very it's impressive. Excellent. So it's Hank's- a good job Venger doesn't have two horns, otherwise he'd be able to shoot <laughs> yeah. lasers from his helmet. Imagine how much more powerful he could be. With only one, he's firing blanks. <laughs> Hank stays to vent them off, and then Sheila and Bobby continue on with Dungeon Master. And then we have the goblins kind of advancing, so it's Bobby holding them off while Sheila carries on with Dungeon Master. Bobby's club explodes. Yeah, so they just destroy it. it. It's like he knows yeah. the weapon has no power. He holds it, it up as I- if it's going to be useful, and it gets shattered, and he has this really like, huh? Well, if you take away the power from Bobby's club, it's just it is wood. just wood. Yeah. It's just a bit yeah. of wood. Yeah, like, true. more so than wood, ver- wood versus laser. Is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, play. Exactly. So he, his club gets destroyed. He's surrounded. Don't bring wood to a laser fight. Sheila is is running when one of the gnomes kind of grabs her cloak and tears it, and she falls. And Dungeon Master goes flying and seems doomed. And we cut to all the other party members. You know, Diana is being closed in on by the salamanders. The ledge is breaking under Presto's feet. Eric is in the Cowering. dune peril. And Dungeon Master is just crawling on and crawling on. <laughs> Avenger and, and Hank kind of sass each other. Dungeon Master gets to this glowing pool of green light right before Avenger can reach him. And he falls in, basically. And we get more explosions. And then Dungeon Master emerges. He's, he's clearly recharged. He's he emerges walking. in a crystal. <laughs> Yes, he does. Yeah. It's like a, a rock formation or something that then transforms <laughs> like back into Cocoon. Dungeon Master. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's he's clearly recharged. He immediately teleports the party out of peril. No, 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 no. Eric You're skipping, no, no, you are you you also skipping over the he gives Venger back his power. I know he doesn't yeah. do that yet. Uh, First he brings the party back to him, all apart from Eric. And they're all like, Oh, where's Eric? And Eric, Dungeon Master's a bit like, Oh yeah, I guess. Oh yeah. Because Eric's kind of very much in danger of being swallowed whole at this point and gets teleported back at the last minute. And he thinks he's in heaven. Yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, is this what heaven's like? <laughs> so the, the weapons are active again, and Hank uses a MacGuffin arrow to kind of capture Venger, encircling him, tying him up. And Venger kind of points out that they're still fucked. Yeah. You know, he's like, when you get back bad. up to the surface, that guy is still going to be waiting for us. And this is fucked. their chance to kill Venger, though, just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dungeon Master says no, because whatever happens, they are going to face this peril together, all of them, with all their power, even Venger. And then he gives Venger his powers back. And mm. Venger very kind of begrudgingly joins the circle. He's very kind of, I'm, well, I guess, about the I whole thing. I think Dungeon Master throws some shade on him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. all the brave people are going Exactly. It's very Dungeon Master gaslights him. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's oh, a lot then, of gaslighting in these episodes, Dungeon Master says, prepare yourself, my children, mm, while yes. Avenger is in the circle. All of yeah, my children, yeah. My biological children and my kidnapped children. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and then Dungeon I Master. Past, I wouldn't put it past Dungeon Master to actually be the kid's parent. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, so, it's so just like That's he's what he's sneaking to when he's not on screen. He's yeah. teleporting <laughs> over to the world and, and impregnating women. <laughs> oh, no. He, he is the source of all the abduction stories in the real world. It wasn't... No, they're it just wasn't, visiting their dad. Yeah. His divorced dad. <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't aliens at Roswell. It was Dungeon Master. <laughs> he then teleports them all back topside. And they land in this verdant meadow, kind of all tense and, and ready to fight, and nothing happens. It's just gone. It's, there's just peace and silence. So, so this, no ultimate, e- this ultimate evil that wants to rule and destroy the universe just decided, now nah, I'm bored now and no That's basically out. it, because I can't remember who it is in the party, but someone's like, oh, it's gone. And Dungeon Master's like, yep, it's gone to wreak havoc on other worlds. But it made me back. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the end of the episode, Dungeon Master being like, we should be ready, because it might come back. And then it, the screen just kind of, the camera pulls away from the group. We're all just standing there being Such like, Such a weird oh. episode. Yeah, I don't. Such a weird end. It was so good up until that very last I don't know, because like the pacing, the pacing of the episode was immense the whole way through. Yeah, like, it was very it was like frenetic, but I didn't action. mind that, that because happened, I thought I was it like, was, yeah, I thought it was building to something epic. It's like, oh, they're all going to use their powers together, including Venger, and seal this thing back in the box or whatever. But they and just get was, back. Was this the first episode of the everything's series? Everything's fine. I think it was. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so yeah, because like yeah, the, 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 the wet one was the end of the last one. Yeah, so there's no denouement. There's no climax apart from, oh, I guess the thing just went. Huh. It's just like the message of this cartoon to kids is just evil is everywhere. I, basically, <laughs> do not rest, it's still do not free. sleep. And, well, evil, evil is everywhere. But if you wait long enough, it'll get bored and go away. It'll go and fuck with somebody else <laughs> far away from you. Yeah, if evil is fine as long as it's not fucking with you. If it's like, which I guess actually, you know, that's kind of like the American. Oh, you know that that evil thing's happening in a country that's not ours. Well, I don't, we don't even care think about that's it. an American attitude. I think that's well, yeah, no, I think that's how fascism happened in Germany. Yeah. Right? Like speaking of which, <laughs> yeah, episode, yeah very apt. <laughs> take a deep breath, Nero, because this episode is called "The Time Lost." <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. Sure no, it's time, not. I'm not sure that the time was actually lost in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and can you, um, can you can you actually lose time though? Like. Uh, you if know, maybe you get abducted by aliens. <laughs> yeah. If you get knocked out, I would well, say that's no, time you, lost. you haven't lost time. You were unconscious <laughs> for that time. That time hasn't vanished from existence. It still yeah, happens. You, you just don't you know your, it. Was, you that's know, semantics, you, though. For all intents and purposes, which, you've lost the time. Which philosopher it was? You know that thinks like if you don't see it, it didn't happen. But <laughs> I don't you know. know Descartes. Is, is it? Yeah. Mm. No. Uh, but yeah. So the time lost. Um, well, isn't it a scientific, really, more scientific principle too. that like observation fundamentally changes? Like we change things yes, by the mere act yeah. of observing. You're observing things, and I'm observing things. But if I don't observe you observing things, then they don't happen. So if you yes. sat and looked in Nero while he was knocked out until he came round again, <laughs> the time is it. not lost. If I start a stopwatch <laughs> over your unconscious body, and then when you wake up, I'm like 23 seconds. You're like, oh, okay, I didn't lose those seconds because yeah. I know how many there were. <laughs> Well, the thing so, is, the thing is, no one loses time here because they, they're taken from their time and then they're sent back to their time as if they if never anything, left. They gain time. Yes, <laughs> this is, should be the time gained. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode twenty-three, the time gained, <laughs> much um, better. Opens in a forest, <laughs> and the party is sitting around looking pretty dejected. And Presto is giving Eric a haircut. Yeah. Um, and there's a few like jibes around this, like. You know, don't don't do this. Don't cut it this way, etc. Yeah, and they're all bemoaning their kind of missed chance to take a portal home, which was in the castle in the clouds, which we obviously haven't seen anything of. But yeah, another missed opportunity. It seems like far more interesting things happen <laughs> off screen sometimes. 
Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is like every day they just have a story at campfire about the portal that they missed of a certain session, mm-hmm. like in a previous time. And suddenly they're kind of zapped. I think it hits Eric's shield and it yeah. blasts away. And they look into the sky and there is a horned blue dragon, I guess, flying at them that shoots lightning through its, through its horn. Yeah. Like a rhino dragon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and presto Rhino dragon. Sound, that sounds like, you know, like, like some kind of cold... Like, oh, I've got, sounds, I've got rhino like dragons. It gladiator, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Gladiators, ready! Rhino dragon, <laughs> ready! Uh, so Presto drops his glasses in this past. I bet he gets kind of a bit of a comical... Right? <laughs> <laughs> they all did. Like, where are they now? It's just depression after depression. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Shadow that was the first one that was like, Confirmed crackhead. Shadow was very oh, obviously God. on drugs. If yeah. you watch it back yeah. as an adult, you can see yeah. it in the, the void, eyes. Void yeah. rage of them all. Oh, man. Um, so this is a whole comical routine with Presto crawling around on on his all fours, like looking for his glasses while everyone fires and fights the dragon. So mm-hmm. Hank draws his bow to hit the dragon and then uh, it gets blasted from a different angle. <laughs> and it turns out it's a jet, like a, yes. a, a futuristic jet fighter which doesn't look that futuristic to me, but it is later established that it is from the future of our Earth. Yeah, so it just looked like an, F- F- um, uh, an F-16. I've always wanted to say this. Cut to the cockpit <laughs> yeah. and the pilot. The pilot is sending these Mayday signals. The most signals. redneck pilot. Yes, he is. He's like, Mayday, Mayday. In the We're future, going down. Kentucky War yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, it's... Yeah, it's isn't that, isn't that um, what's at stake? McConnell State. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's he's sending May- Mayday signals out, but he's also dogfighting the dragon, yeah. doing a pretty damn good job of it, and he's effectively chasing it away. And he says his call sign of Starfire, mm-hmm. which is a pretty boss, like yeah. maverick, like kind of yeah. This is basically Top Gun and Dungeons and Dragons crossover time now. Yeah. <laughs> so the party kind of chase the dragon, even though it's being chased off by a jet. And Hank's like, "We're going to chase this thing on foot." Well, they're going to chase the plane. Like Hank's yeah. like, "No, we're going to break a record of chasing." Because, like, I think Eric makes a quip about, oh, we, this must be some kind of record because we fucked up getting home twice in a day. And Hank's like, we're going to break another record. We're going to chase down a fighter plane on foot. I'm like, yeah, yeah good luck, man. I don't think Hank knows how planes work. So it's disappeared over over this mountaintop, basically. Mm-hmm. And we find the, va- the party at the top of this mountain, like, just jumping off of this epic cliff yeah. down into a valley, like, to chase this this really far off plane. And yeah, we cut to the pilot who's freaking out about the dragon fight that he's just had. <laughs> yeah, he's proper redneck and he's like, he's calling Mayday and he's like, can anyone hear me? And a voice behind him is like, I can. <laughs> and it's Venger. It's Venger. And the guy's like, now I'm being chased by some guy in a dress. Yeah. Dress yeah. He's like, I'm being attacked by a man in a dress. <laughs> but then he points out that he's flying over Mac 1 and Venger's yeah. keeping pace. He's just breaking the speed barrier. It's amazing. Oh, oh, I love it. I'm sure, so, that, I'm sure that would actually liquefy the insides of his horse. <laughs> <laughs> not sh- not night not, not nightmare no, nightmare that's a night more boss that's another, a, another that's I was going to say nightmare is a much gladiators. more boss call sign isn't it <laughs> oh man so yeah the party are kind of descending this cliff face thing and, and Dungeon Master appears Eric's kind of clinging to this rock over a cloudy precipice um, and he basically says that the jet came through a portal that holds terrible danger to the party and to their earth yeah Eric, Eric asks what the danger is and he's like, no, 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 actually, don't don't tell me. And Dungeon Master's like, I'm not going to. I won't have to. Time will tell. Time, and then he turns, get it. Like, oh. he t- yeah, exactly. He's holding this petal that he turns into like 
a smoke bomb effectively <laughs> plants and disappears. One of the petals like kind of comes under Eric's nose and makes him sneeze and fall away from the rock, seemingly into this precipice. And mm. He falls through the cloud, but he just lands flat on his ass, basically. It turns out the ground was literally just below the rock. And then everyone mocks him. Exactly. Hijinks and japery on mm. Eric's, Eric's account, basically. And Hank is like party leader again. He's just like, right, let's go find this portal then. <laughs> it just gets him yeah. going again. And then we screen wipe to a ziggurat. Yes. <laughs> My note is just block capitals, ziggurat. Yeah. And it, it's the most ziggurat of ziggurats. Except, except it's got a glowing orb on top of it, I guess. It's, it's every uh, trope. It's, it's magical orbs. It's ziggurats. ziggurats. It's, yeah. yeah. And then we quickly cut to like a prison door slamming shut and it, the little grate that opens, you know, the feeding grate opens yeah. basically. And we find the redneck pilot behind bars and he's like, what the heck's going on? With and Venger's just like, just closes the yeah. door and walks away. And basically. He's in there with like a Viking, a samurai, an astronaut, an astronaut like really a Union soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I really assume more would come of all of these guys. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, they'd actually bothered to be quite distinct. Mm. Apart from the Viking who just grunts and yeah. rolls over when mm-hmm. redneck, redneck. He's obviously uh, been there a while. There. He's just resigned. And like is, Vi- is Viking times that different from a DD realm, really? Yeah, he'd he'd be quiet at home. He's at home. He's, he'd be fine. he's got a ba- he's got a bale of hate. He probably thinks he's like, in like fine. um what's the Norse? England. No, the Norse <laughs> god place. The Norse god realm. Valhalla. Oh, Valhalla. Valhalla. Yeah, he probably just thinks he's in Valhalla. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I've got to fight other shit. random warrior dudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Shadow Demon, as uh, so we cut outside, and Shadow Demon's like simping hard, but he's also loving the jet. <laughs> yeah. <He's> like, <laughs> he, Venger he, comes out and he's like, this flying machine's like really impressive, Venger. He, he's almost like, like a car dealer, like car dealer, <laughs> just trying to sell yeah. the planes to Venger. <laughs> it has vertical takeoffs yeah. and lasers. <laughs> And Venger's like, no, no, no. It's the wrong guy. He's from the wrong time, the wrong country. And Venger goes on to explain that he's 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 after a warrior that's from before the party were born and when the world was torn by war. <laughs> my point, next I'm note. like, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> my next note is Hitler question mark. <laughs> I was like, are they actually going to do this? Yeah. Venger going to bring Hitler into the realm? And like, he, Jesus. And actually, Venger's kind of wrong here because he says, no, this is the wrong guy. I don't need this guy. But no, your his plane is integral to your fucking plot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he thinks on his feet, does our yeah. Venger. It's no saw boss. He doesn't have a <laughs> static plan. <laughs> and Venger goes on to say, like, the portal of Kronos is opening again, so we get a name for the MacGuffin. Yep. Uh, it seems to just randomly open, I yeah. guess. Like, Venger has... He, he's there sort of wanting it to do its thing, but not, not able to fully control it, I think is the gist. And we cut to, like, a harrowing scene of the trenches, I guess, in the Second World War. There yeah. are tanks rolling by, there are burnt-down barns. Yeah, it's it looks like a proper, bit like, I guess, what, France? Normandy? Yeah, it's like proper no-man's land tank warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And we like, see a pilot traps about shot and stuff. And yeah, exactly. A pilot gets shot and like the smoking end of his plane. Quite he, clearly he, he a Luftwaffe down. pilot. <laughs> exactly. It's got the iron and cross, cross it, basically. Yeah. yeah. And he starts crashing, but just before he hits the ground, basically the portal opens in front of him and he flies through it. Um, and then the realm world he kind of flies away from the ziggurat and crash lands. Venger seems pleased. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, it's time to eliminate the children. Like, so, finally, a Nazi. Yeah, it's just like what I needed, exactly. what I ultimately needed was Nazis. And what a Nazi they got as well. Yeah. Jesus, like, like the most Aryan guy. So the, the party see the plane crash and they go and rescue him from this burning wreckage. And this pure Aryan Kendall dude yeah. out, wearing like Luftwaffe jacket and everything. Which shows that the party are not up on their history. Because right away, I mean, I'd be like, this guy's a Nazi. Yeah. Like, this guy's a Nazi. 
Yeah, but instead, Definitely. like they're all very taken with him. Diana's Especially like, this guy's Nazi. <laughs> that's my jab. All over him, exactly. It was just so exciting. I had to take my inhaler. That's <laughs> the Nazi. Took my breath. Took my breath away. Take um, my breath so away. Eric welcomes the the Luftwaffe guy as as an Earthling, <laughs> and the guy freaks out. Obviously, he's like, as an uh, what? Diana introduces herself, like we said, just like all over him a bit. And, and I'm not says, an um, I'm an Aryan. Ju- yeah, exactly. His name is jo- Joseph Muller, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and they ask him about the portal and he kind of doesn't remember us first. He, d- he has just crashed a plane, to be yeah. fair. I mean, not Nazi or not, a plane crash is a pretty harrowing thing to live through. But then Unless you're like, Ric Flair and, and you've lived through like 13 yeah, I love uh, this. Doesn't, this goes unmentioned, but he's like, it's ten kilometers away. Surely the Americans would be like, what's a kilometer? <laughs> yeah, like the that's kids not like, a thing. That? That's the first thing any American would mm. say to that. Something like this. What's um, a kilometer? There's, there's as the party kind of start heading towards the portal. There's this long, ominous shot of the plane that's on fire. And Venger arrives and he uses some magic to blow the smoke out of the way. And then we just get this close-up of the Iron Cross. Yeah. Across, and just, just in case like, you okay. weren't sure yeah, it was Nazis. treated as some big reveal, despite like, this, you know, fully German Hugo Boss guy. This, this symbolism. You know what I mean? When I was I was 10 or whatever, I wouldn't have understood necessarily what I was I think I would. I would have military family. big military history yeah. buff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I remember, yeah. you know, I was watching... I'd be like, plus, cool. It's a cool plane. <laughs> I remember watching one of, like, some of my earliest memories of watching, like, the World at War documentary series uh, and stuff. Enough. And I was born in Germany, so I had a lifetime of you're a Nazi jokes from my army dad. Yeah. So I was well aware of it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I even wow. I used to call her my little kraut. <laughs> It's amazing that we actually made it to 12 years. <laughs> wow. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to your Hugo Boss wedding. <laughs> so it kind of takes a weird left turn here. We cut to this like glade, like floral glade, a little river running through it. Yeah, it's verdant. And the party are having a picnic with a Nazi. Uh, Diana is flirting so hard, like, yeah, she's already half naked like, uh, anyway. She's like writhing up against him, basically. What? Like, like she's never read a history book. Surely, before. surely, as a Nazi, he would not be into this. But is this meant to be <laughs> exactly? Like, oh, she's got I don't a type, know. and so does he. Apparently, I mean, yeah. this, I, I guess this would obviously go over the head of of the audience as a whole. But is the fact that he's not like, oh no, you're an inferior human being? Is that meant to be like, no, no, he's a good Nazi? Is there something? Yes, that- I think that is. Oh, actually yeah, yeah. What this happened to so Joseph Muller starts uh, telling them about being shot down and the party thought he was doing like an air show basically and they're like your plane's an antique it's amazing and he's like no no it's the newest design uh, well, don't worry when it will Vlad the Imperial, uh, it's a new design hey. and he, they're, they're like no no this plane hasn't flown for like 35 to 45 years they don't even know like they're just yeah, taking yeah. a rough stab at how long it's been about and, and Joseph's like I'll be right back. And he just legs it, basically, <laughs> to have a moment with himself, like looking at his reflection in in like a passing stream. He's like, I'm and, so airy. He rips off his, he rips off his like Iron Cross symbol. Which like, instead of the typically would have been a swastika, yeah. Yeah, so he rips it off and throws it into the water. So I guess it's this point we realize that he's not a Nazi or was just well, one of those he, he a sympathizer, as, whatever it was. As it, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, like in any war- should still be done for tried for war crimes potentially, but well, yeah. I mean, it depends because if you if you look at like any you know serious hats on here, right? A- any global scale conflict where you are called to arms by your country, you know, you are drafted, you don't have a choice but to fight for your country. Yeah, you know, the, the you can't like. Don't get me wrong. Being if you were, in, if you were like the same as yeah. as a concentration camp, yeah. If you were, if you were orders. like, if you were in the yeah. SS, you were a bad dude. There was, you know, there was no, yeah. no innocent like parties in the SS 
But general ground troops, most of the time, you know, they're probably, they just, they have no fucking choice. It's like, okay, I don't fight. I get killed by my own country. I go to the enemy to try and desert. They're probably just going to kill me. It's like, you know, you're stuck in a shit situation. Yeah, that's fair. So that, that ends our Nazi sympathy section. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sympathetic. No, you know, I think there's a distinction between like hardcore, I am like yeah, pro-Nazi yeah. regime and I'm just a soldier. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he he was quick to rip off the exactly. Yeah, well, he actually makes like yeah. he actually makes like a thing of like I don't want to go back to that tyrant blah blah blah. Yes, alluding exactly. to Hitler. That's, yeah, that's yeah. it. And Diana actually sees oh, this. Oh, it um, could be Goebbels. And, and at this Goering. point, Diana finally twigs what he is. Um, yeah. Yeah, he mentions the tyrant. So the parties start ominously closing on in on him, but yeah. it turns out it's for a group hug. Yeah, <laughs> just like uh, we hug away the racism. <laughs> He's like backing off from them and everything, and, and they're like, "Oh, it's okay." Um, and Tony they Stalin kind of just has start... got more hugs. A <laughs> <laughs> nice. well-hugged so Stalin. The party kind of just start like telling him about things from the future and inventions yeah. that will impress him and stuff. Um, and they're, <laughs> they're like, like, we're going to take you home with us. We've got pizza from, ovens. Apart from Eric, who's like, and the smog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But essentially, they've adopted a Nazi. At this yes. Point, or a, an ex-Nazi anyway. Venger arrives and just starts hand blasting away, mm-hmm. as always. Um, and he forces the party to retreat into the, these kind of woods. Um, Avengers blasting them all down and starts setting like a forest fire around them. Yeah. He kind of circles back for his final blow. But instead, he just lassoes Joseph Muller, the former Nazi, um, and rides off. <laughs> That's <on> his business card. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Presto is kind of pressured to help them with the fire and he summons a fire extinguisher, but it's like a joke one that squirts whipped cream. Is he, uh, he just new- spatters Eric on the face? face doesn't yeah he it off. i was just thinking like joseph muller nazi consultant for like tv <laughs> drama and stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it there's there's a bit in this towards the end of the forest fire where hank's like we've got to fight fire with fire and he uses water to beat the fire <laughs> I, su- I assume he means firing his bow i guess because he, mm. he basically shoots a nearby waterfall i don't think i think it's um, a shame eric uh, presto rather couldn't conjure up that spout of water that he used in the okay last okay oh, <laughs> true yeah so joseph muller was a Nazi priest oh. and he was a real there was a, a Nazi priest called Joseph Muller he was tried by the People's Court and executed at uh, Brandenburg <laughs> Gordon Prison <Ooh. laughs> nice he went back and did his part for, for peace <laughs> and freedom then after this episode <laughs> I, would, I was thinking he was like the Baron or the Red Baron that they were trying to imply that he was the Red Baron at some mm-hmm. point and no because that's Red Baron's World War One. oh was it okay. yeah that, like that's a World War One thing because that was back uh, in the era of biplanes right that makes sense. No, you're Nazis. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they basically get washed away by this flood um, that Hank caused by shooting a waterfall. So a dungeon master arrives and he explains that Venger is trying to change Earth's history. It's the oh. classic. D- Venger is trying to destroy Kill their, grandparents. their grandparents. Okay, so yes. he was this priest, the real Joseph Muller, was a critic of the Nazi regime, and it was the Nazis that killed him. Uh, up until, oh, I see. Yeah, oh, so good, he was a good. good he was a good. He, so, uh, and his legacy since the end of World War II, each year on the anniversary of Muller's death, a bell is tolled in his former parish in the village of Brob Dungeon. Brob Dungeon. <laughs> it's the it's weird German bee. I don't know what oh, that like. Is that a sure, isn't it? Grosh. Grosh. Yeah, it could be grosh. So Grosh Dungeon. It's just Dungeon with an umlaut. Nice. <laughs> and they uh, roll dungeon. the D20 in his honor. Yeah. <laughs> his ashes were transferred to the local cemetery and he's interred there. Oh, well. Oh, there you go. This episode is for you, Joseph. And on May 2016, <laughs> the Roman Catholic Diocese of Heidelheim opened his cause of martyrdom, earning him the oh. title Servant of God. 
Squeeze wow. a martyr. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a really good title, is it? Servant. <laughs> it runs with a D&D stuff theme, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you are a very dedicated sort. Catholic priest, being declared a servant of God, like, officially, is is probably something to aim for. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Either that or, you know, um, young boys. In my notes here, <laughs> I've got this bit where Dungeon Master's basically been just trying to kill your grandparents. And I was like, Hank is... is is, is Joseph Muller, former Nazi Hank, <laughs> Hank's grandfather. <laughs> he is he very fucking hairy. To kill him. Because <laughs> we don't know what Vengers... Still, we don't know what Vengers after him for at this stage. No. Like, I thought Vengers was hunting him, at the, like... Because he was Hank's grandpa. Like, this can't be right. <laughs> explains Hank's like Aryan nature. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. So Diana super crushing on Joseph Muller, former Nazi, and he's like, she's like, we have to save him. We have to go, and the party set off. Venger lands and kind of ditches Joseph Muller, former Nazi, off of the horse, and he's like disappointed with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's like, oh, I wanted to send you back in the old Starfire jet to whip old Tommy's planes out of the air, I guess. But Joseph Muller says that he doesn't know how to fly it. And Venger's like, I can matrix the memories into you. Yeah, I was like, what? You you can, like what? So that means like, Venger knows Venger how, yeah. how to fly it. <laughs> Venger flies a flying horse. It doesn't have like all these toys. Granted, he can reach Mach 1. I, I, but, I love the idea that Venger is a qualified pilot. No, I like that yeah. he's just gonna, the instructions he's going to give Joseph Muller, former Nazi, are just how to ride a horse. Yes, yeah, exactly. Squeeze your, squeeze your legs together. Yeah. Use your heels to go Pull faster. Pull this to the right. Wear a skirt. He just hands him a whip. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe he took the redneck's mind uh, from the start or something. I don't know. And at some point during this conversation, Venger also blasts him. I thought he was shooting him, but it actually was just reapplying the swastika symbol to his arm. Yeah. As well. Oh, <laughs> like the. the Joseph Muller calls Venger her hair Venger, which yeah. I think rings really true. It yeah, works yeah, really yeah well. definitely. Like, and Venger's like, no, no, don't call me that. Call me Master. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So the party, the party arrive at this stage. Actually, and, we miss, and skipped over the bit where Bobby destroys a waterfall to put out a fire. No, that oh, was, no, no, that was no, Hank, 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 sorry. Hank was using fire to fight fire. Oh, was but he wasn't. Waterfall. He was using water. That, well, exactly, that really made yeah. me angry. <laughs> yes, me too. He was firing his arrow, I guess. For, I fucking uh, know. Semantics bullshit. You literally so, use water to boil fire, <laughs> you fucking Aryan git. So I think Joseph Muller, former Nazi, has put on a different jacket at this stage, and the party arrive, and he's just waiting there for him, and he's yeah. like, Is it time to, is this the way home? And he's like, It is, it's for me, but not for you. Yeah. And Venger wades in and, and he's mansplains. Like, yeah, he just totally <laughs> explains the bargain they've just made. Like, like he's going to help Venger rid rid himself of the party, kill the grandparents, stop them being born. He literally just says it to their face. Joseph, even though the plan hasn't yet been enacted. No, but Joseph seems very compliant with all this. Like he's mm. gone from being yeah. like, "Finally, I'm rid of my Nazism." Ha ha. To You know, sometimes in in like Jason, you have a subtle cut to the character and they're yeah. sneaky or whatever. There's none of, none that. of that. He's no. just like he just, yeah. totally on it. He's just really kind of um, on. I guess with I guess plan. they were trying to drive home the don't trust Nazis, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, in my notes, this says after a small altercation, so there's a typical little battle <laughs> yeah. with Venger in the party, and Venger's just laughing at them at their attempts to stop him. The plane takes off and and the portal opens. Bobby's like, no, don't do it. And he smashes the ground. Yep. Hank attacks Venger. He's, he's hand blasting them Presto all. Presto catches um, one of Venger's hand blasts yeah. in his hat. I know, and it, it actually blasts him backwards a bit. Yeah, and Eric's like, "Hey, it's my job to do that," and <laughs> shields him from the next one, which I thought was, you know, again quite heroic. Yeah, the jet approaches the portal. Hank pulls his bow, but he's like, "I can't do it. I can't, I 
can't shoot can't. my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> the, blood, the blood ties are too strong. Jo- um, Joseph Muller, former and again Nazi. Former, former Nazi? Joseph Muller blasts the portal, basically. And all of the prisoners, we, it cuts to the prisoners in the tower from before and they mm. all kind of like teleport home but the viking kind of grunts as it happens really like randomly i don't yeah, know why because he he, like, he didn't want to leave valhalla <laughs> why is he given lines at all like the other guys get nothing to say this they just get a grunt out because no one wanted to do a, a, a racist japanese impersonation <laughs> like asian I love it. exactly so meanwhile outside like we've already got nazis Nazi. in this let's not do the asian voice <laughs> as well <laughs> so yeah joseph bombs the ziggurat um, and the portal starts to close. So I think he bombs the giant glowing orb at the top, which I think is supposed to imply that's the power source. Yeah. And Venger gives chase to the jet and starts hand blasting him. And he ejects after like, essentially like pushing the throttle forwards. Yeah. He points the jet at the ziggurat and, and ejects. He's, he's kamikaze. Um, exactly, yeah. And the plane blows up and the ziggurat starts to like crack and destroy. And Venger shatters. Yeah, Venger, well, Venger gets caught in the explosion, yeah. I think. And he does his typical becoming the explosion yeah. thing where he's a big hologram of himself. Yeah, but like, his, I'll get it you kind of time. like shatters apart a bit. It's weird because when he, he gets caught in the explosion and he kind of, yeah, he, he almost disintegrates and like kind of, yeah. it's almost like, you know when you see paper burning and it kind of withers away? That's what he kind of looks like. Yeah, that's and then it's it, in the smoke as well. Yeah. Maybe he's getting lost in time mm. and that's the time lost. And just at the last minute, basically, Joseph Muller, former Nazi, he, in his parachute, just drops through the portal just as it closes. Yep. And Diana is upset. She's like, <laughs> no, my so. one true, like, oh, my, my second one true love. <laughs> like, she wanted to go back to Nazi Germany with him to have a family or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> She'd go down well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, introducing her to the parents. <laughs> or just like your fellow Awkward. comrade. Hey, comrade, my girlfriend. It's like, you would have, she'd have to whiteface. Oh my god, it's not happening. No. She's not even any clothes on. She's literally like what the Nazis portrayed black people as. It's terrible. Oh no. Oh, yeah, and then the Dungeon Master just appears and he's like, yep, time, time's going to go back to normal now. Uh, Joseph Muller's going to go and be like, a hero. History, yeah. <laughs> be the Joseph Muller of the Wikipedia page we've just heard and there's no Eric jokes or anything and and that's it. That, that's basically the end. That's how Dungeons and Dragons thinks Nazis can be good guys if you mm. give them a chance. Yeah. Um, so do we think... And- the one futuristic jet dropped into the heart of World War Two would really have turned the tide. If they, if the Nazis got it and reverse engineered it, I yeah. don't it, like potentially. It, well, the thing is, like, it, it depends when it was. It, early well, or late. Yeah, it depends how far into the war they are because there was a certain turning point where there was nothing that the German like. Once they were so committed on the Eastern Front. The, they were just yeah, a walkover. Exactly. Like, late thirties, early forties, yeah. they were churning out planes. Yeah, could have done it. Well, probably. and the other thing as well is, yeah, because uh, like it's the thing that's not really str- like the the Allied forces on the Western Front were basically going up against B tier German forces because all the A tier was on the Eastern Front, <laughs> bottlenecked bottlenecked in Stalingrad and getting their <laughs> well, like asses kicked. All, all the Nazis that weren't really fully committed to the <laughs> like, cause. Like, like, Hitler deployed all his top tier forces to the Eastern Front and to Stalingrad to, to take out Russia. For, and it was because of that overcommitment that we were able to kind of pull back 
and win on the Western Front. And it, like if if they if they'd have got it back before Hitler had committed so hard on two fronts, then it could have made a difference. Once he'd, I feel like you're explaining your dream circumstance here. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just like I, I'm. I'm really into. I'm really into. Like, I'm really into just gen- general. I'm really into like front. conflict history. If like, only he'd learned yeah. from Napoleon and not gone to Russia. Well, it's true. Yeah. Well, like Instead I'm not saying it's very. It's a very. He good could thing. have had him though. But uh, it's <laughs> close. Like yeah, the, there was a point where they had the production, but one, like they just were so thin on the ground in terms of like raw materials by that point that yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference. But mm-hmm. the the one the one thing where it could have, if they could have re- engineered enough of the not so much the planes but the bombs because the the devastation of the explosions would be so much more impactful than bombs of that era. But then you've still got like ultimately the it all becomes fairly moot point once you take into effect the Manhattan Project and nuclear bombs. Because mm-hmm. if we hadn't won on the Western Front, like America probably would have nuked Germany. So there you go, kids. If you want to win a war, don't go nukes. to Russia. <laughs> if you want to win a war, nukes. <laughs> That's it, really. Also, lose a war, I guess. Because <laughs> I think it's a it's a nuclear war. Nuclear war right now is a zero sum game. There are game. no winners when we use nukes. <laughs> Apart from you know potential superheroes. Uh, anyway, we come on to after after the highs of the ultimate evil and Nazis, we come on to Saki Kid. Friendship is magic. <laughs> so episode 24, Odyssey of the Twelfth Talisman. This is a, such a this is Eric's <clears throat> romance episode. Yes. It exactly. really is. It's a bromance. Second, second yeah. one. It's a bromance. But it's it's um I just want to say right now that wealth is a really ugly looking word. <laughs> Yes, I yeah. actually almost misspelled it when typing it. Yeah, I was like, it's got an F in it, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just a really awkward mouthfeel and not a good word. So I, I guess that's why you you normally like the baker's dozen or a mm. dozen. You don't say twelve, twelve. Mm. So they it's this... also not a scary name. Like it wasn't the thirteenth. Yeah, talisman. Yeah. You know? so the dozen talons. If the they had dozen... called this the Odyssey of the Baker's Dozen Talisman, which is the best. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait, the baker's dozen is. is... 13, 13 yeah, 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 it is, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we open up on Diana running through a verdant forest. Verdant. <laughs> we we, we realised, listening to the last episode, verdant is like our most used word throughout this series. Every episode has at least one verdant valley. Well, it's, it's one of their biomes. <laughs> yeah. One of the biomes verdant. is yeah. verdant. Yeah. <laughs> so Diana's running through this verdant forest and being chased by what I call camel demons. Or demon camels. I put, I put hellspawn deer. <laughs> okay. Well, because <laughs> not deer. Bobby does call them a camels later. So yeah, I, but yeah. they don't really have humps or they anything. They kind of do. They're, they're kind of just misshapen. Like llamas, kelpies. kelpies I thought. I'm kind of llama. I don't know. Demon. Uh, I'm just sticking hooves. with demon camel. I think not deer is a, a good description. Not deer. <laughs> not camel. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric is setting a trap. Like over, uh, he's basically covering a stream with leaves. Uh, it's, it's like a make, shit pit trap ever, yeah. isn't it? Like, <laughs> I, well, all the team are going, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And Bobby's like, we need to do what DMs and D, uh, DMs asked us. And Eric's like, don't, I don't care about what Dungeon Master told us to find the Dome of Astra. At which point, Presto's like, no, the Stone of Astra. And as they're, they're kind of back and forth, and Diana comes leaping in, jumps over this stream. It's basically a stream. It's not big enough to be a canal. It's a stream. The demon camel come riding through and fall into the pit. And everyone's shocked that this actually works. And I'm like, what are they doing? Are they catching food? I thought they were hunting, and that's why I was like, well, it's water. But it seems to be under Dungeon Master's instruction. No, No? this isn't. No, 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 they were were implicitly avoiding Dungeon Master's instruction. So maybe this was just 
something well, what they we see next, What we see next is Eric go to Presto saying, give me the bait, and he hands him an apple. So I get the impression that Eric's thinking he can tame these so they can yeah. ride them. That was the impression I got. These things that are hell's for yeah. deer or whatever, <laughs> like chasing Diana. Like there are actual horses in this world. We've seen them. <laughs> these like, things probably feast on them though. Yeah. <laughs> so as as he goes to approach them with the apple to be like, hey, look, behave and I'll give you an apple. They immediately just climb out of the stream like, and and what? That's fair. Like one apple for all of them? Like uh, it's yeah. not a good deal. They just start chasing the team down and the, the team are like, right, we need to like it. But Bobby's like, no, we should stop and fight. Well, we should stop and fight. But the <laughs> like Hank's like, no, there's too many. We need to run. And it ends up like Hank and Sheila have to carry Bobby away because he's like, no, no, I want to fight. Which is they would not be <laughs> able not to outrun. He's not worth it. They would not be able to outrun these things while no. ca- like they But it turns out that they're they very competent at running. Yes. Well, look, hey, they did chase down a, a- Jet, jet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we then cut to some kid looking for food. He's like looking through some rubble and he's saying, Oh, I won't find any food here. But he finds this talisman. Dun, dun, dun. And he we then cut to him trying to trade it with some what appeared to be like a gypsy encampment for bread. The barbarian. <laughs> I'll come on to this dude. So this is a gypsy encampment, but the elder of this gypsy encampment is a Viking barbarian yeah. with a, a cape. He's wearing like underwear and a cape and has a mace, I think. Yeah, it's like a Goliath of a man. Yeah. It's huge. And he bears no cultural resemblance to the people around him in whatsoever. And he's trying to train this talisman for six loaves of bread and the guy's like, no, no. He's like, all right, five. He's like, no, this is not worth it. Go away from here. We, we're not going to give you any bread. We don't have much bread cut to a woman on a table overflowing the fucking bread. bread. <laughs> so much like, bread. <laughs> I do think, like, in a world such as the world of Dungeons and Dragons, one look at this talisman would tell you this is something important, right? Yeah. It is designed Not to if you're backwards important. gypsy folk. I No, I think if you're a gypsy, you're probably, probably even more, more inclined, yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, no, no, my bread is more important. So he sends this boy away and... A shadow appears over one of the gypsy carriages and we see something magic, one of the loaves of bread from this woman's table into the boy's hand. And then someone from somewhere goes, he's an evil wizard, get him. And immediately, just like the the town in the last episode, they're just like, all right, cool, pitchforks. <laughs> they are ready to raise a rap. fucking idiots though, because they chase after this kid being all like, wizard, wizard, wizard. And then they get to him and he does magic and they're like, oh no, a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're all they're all like pitchforks and torches chasing after him and they corner him and this talisman that he's now got around his neck immediately just shoots out a lightning bolt for one of a better like purple lightning, the lost prince album. And they all cower. <laughs> it's the follow-up to Purple Rain. <laughs> and then there was purple thunder. <laughs> And then purple grey skies for three days and oh god, I hate Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, they all just like drop to the floor and like, oh my god, magic, we didn't bank on this from a wizard. <laughs> I still understand <laughs> they thought it would happen. <laughs> uh, this, this old crone's voice say, we hear it say, they have to destroy him before he comes back to destroy them all. I'm like, dude, this is some kid. But they're easily like, yeah, no, let's go get him. So they start chasing him. We then smash cut back to the team who are, it's now nighttime 
and they are <laughs> still being chased forever. by like, these fucking demon gobbles. They're finally like, do you think we should stop and fight? Yeah, it's like one day of running, just like 24 hours of just marathon running, and they're like, okay, now we'll fight. And Bobby's like, right, about time. And just as they're, they're about to fight, the this boy arrives, and he pu- he pushes Eric out of the way as the demon camels and the, the rabble appear. And the talisman goes off and just creates epic purple fork lightning everywhere. And the demon camels run away and the rabble run away and everyone and the team are like, fucking awesome. We've got ourselves a nuke. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a better wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric thanks him, but he's like, hey, you watch where you're going. And they, it turns out they're both smart mouth. They, they basically Sass just battle. Yeah. They just keep ban. They, it's bant. It's basically bant's o'clock. Yeah, um, he immediately fits in with the party because he sasses Eric. Yeah. Right? And everyone loves it. They're all like, he's Even Eric because he it. talks down to Eric. Well, Eric likes it because he's like, oh, this is someone who who I can give shit to who will give it back and is not going to take offense. It's someone I can like... Gems like, my name is Lorne, and Eric's well, like, rhymes with corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this kid's name is Lorne. Hank's just immediately like, well, he's part of the group. Yay, come with us. They vote him in. He's like, mm. yeah, who, who says yes? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Lorne's kind of there going, I don't know. I didn't I didn't ask. <laughs> but he, he he's down for it. Like, I noted he just doesn't seem thrilled. Meanwhile, we have this old geezer who's doing his best shadow demon impersonation. <laughs> he's lurking. <laughs> he's hard. lurking. You know, did you notice how this guy is like, he's wearing a jerkin, but no leggings. Or yeah, he's no pants on. It's really like hot pants, did like he, um, type, like high. Did he remind either of you of Weezer Squeezer from Visionary? Yes. yes. I was trying to think of which wizard <laughs> it was, but yeah. Yes. His, his hat even goes to like a forked tail mm. type peak as well. It's brilliant. So Disney bad with, guy. He's, with, he's got Disney bad guy written all over him. Yes, he does. He's, he's, he's Jafar, but down on his look. <laughs> <laughs> so with Lorne now fully indoctrinated into the party, they head off to find camp. Camp being just the floor by a stream. No, like, actual encampment of any kind. They just... Because we cut to them waking up and they are just asleep on the grass by a stream. And Lorne has taken Eric's shield as a pillow, which, not comfortable, right? No. And his cape as a blanket. Eric wakes up and he's like, oh, I hope you enjoyed... Th- you know, I hope you enjoyed my cape and my my shield. And Lorne's like, yeah, thanks. It was really comfy. And they're just po- both being sarky each other the entire time. Uh, Eric makes a jab uh, about parents. He's like, oh, if, you know, I took you back to my parents, they disown you meals. And Lorne's like, I don't have any parents. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Eric's just like, oh. I thought he was going to be like, uh, just kidding. You know, like the, your, your mum jokes. And yeah, yeah. Says, my mum's dead or whatever. Yeah. But no, his, he actually doesn't have any parents. And I always I always maintain, if someone says, oh, my mum's dead, when you'd say a, my, my, a your mum joke, double down on that joke. <laughs> Yeah, you should double down. Double down on your mum. Yeah, it's just like it's like if you just like oh my mum's dead. It's like that's what you get, bitch. <laughs> I fucked her six feet under. <laughs> like it's the only way you like once you're in a your mum joke, you yeah, have to committed. hard commit. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And if you because if you back out, it becomes like oh no, I've offended you. If you, if you double, if you. <laughs> But it's true. If you back out of a your mum joke, it becomes like, oh no, no, I've been sent up. But if you double down on it and go in hard, it's fine. Excellent. And we know that's how Love your mum likes it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So 
I've lost my <laughs> Yeah, the, I'm just so caught mean, up in your mom. I think Crystal <laughs> and Diana make some comments about this. They're like, my God, it was six hours of put downs before bed. And yeah, yeah. And, stuff. and then and then Diana's like, they're identical twins yeah. or identical twits or whatever. Like, yeah. Hank then says they need to head out and find the stone of Astra. Because we don't know his name at this point. I've just called him Giza, the wizard. Mm-hmm. So Giza yeah, watches. Squeeze G- Giza. <laughs> He's a Weezer squeezer Giza. We <laughs> <laughs> Weezer Squeeze are good. The the remakes of Ebony's are good. <laughs> nice. Some shame and nineties reference for you there. Anyway, Lorn says that he's hungry uh, and he could eat a rabbit, which kind of jumps past him and Eric. And Eric's like, "All right, I've got a plan. You wait here. I'll go and flush this rabbit out, and you capture it, and we'll we'll eat it." So <laughs> Eric's plan to flush this rabbit out is to dive headfirst into the bush that it ran into. He's going to rugby tackle it, basically. <laughs> or American football yeah. tackle it, I guess. So he dives into this bush and land, comes crashing to the ground in front of Dungeon Master, who's just sat in a bush petting a rabbit. Can just minor correction? It's a jackalope. Okay. Oh, it is a jackalope. It is a jackalope, yeah. 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 All right. Well, hmm. I just think it's important to name the cryptids mm. correctly. So DM strolls out of the bush and... Eric's like, oh, we weren't trying to kill and eat that thing at all. But Eric's also like, oh, don't worry, we're trying to, we're, we're working on your quest to find the stone thing. And Dungeon Master's like, don't worry, you've already completed the first part of the quest. You found the stone of Astra, gesturing towards Lorne and the necklace, or the talisman. Why is it called the stone of Astra if it's a fucking talisman? Why is it not the talisman of Astra? Because a talisman is just a kind of generic name for an item, right? Yeah, I know, but like... Mm. But like the stone is in it, maybe. I don't mm. know. I don't know. The stone is... Yeah. yeah. We should so, mention that the stone actually has a star on it as well, mm. hence the Astra. Yeah. Um, said, yeah. So Dungeon Master tells him that's completed, but he says that the stone needs to be destroyed and its chain of terror broken. So I thought this, the chain of terror was actually a reference to the chain around <laughs> the talisman. You know, I thought he was being very literal. Mm-hmm. But he never is. No. And he says that this is, this is some that one of them will find their way home. This does not happen. No. He says one of you will find home, and then Lorne gets adopted by Jim. Oh, yeah, okay. So I I thought he said found way home. No, no. caravan can never be someone's home. Well, no, no. Just because I thought he said find their way home, No, he just says find home. And it's that usual kind of misleading bullshit. Yeah. Let's give them hope and then drag it away from them. So Dungeon Master talks to Lorne and says that he knows of Lorne's despair, but loneliness can't be overcome by using a deadly and dangerous weapon. I would beg to differ. If you point a gun at a load of people and say, hey, sit here and keep me company, they're probably going to do it. Yeah, but they're not going to be your real friends. Friends to the end. If you keep them long enough, Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) will kick in. (laughs) It's how I got all my friends, damn it. (laughs) These two are here, not voluntarily. The crowd jokes of it. Yeah, we're learning a lot about Nero Wolfgang former Nazi today. (laughs) Oh God, the name is kind of a bit dubious, isn't it? (laughs) Heil, yes, yeah, okay, my name has a little bit of a... (laughs) Sorry, uh, Wolfgang. (laughs) I chose this name. (laughs) You didn't choose the Nazi lifestyle. <laughs> chose me. <laughs> oh God, I'm white and have a bald head. This is not. No, no. It's fine. I can vouch for you not being a fascist because <laughs> of my Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, you're holding a gun to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Dungeon Master goes on to say that strength is found in weakness. 
No. That is exactly the opposite of where strength is found. It's true. riddle talking. Also, head. don't think it's particularly relevant. No. Is it? That particular. No, I, I. No, it's just more flowery bullshit. Anyway, the team say they don't want to destroy it because it's powerful. And they're like, no, yeah. Lorne's a valued member of our team because he has this powerful amulet. Imagine that, imagine like, in your actual Dungeons & Dragons campaign giving someone a powerful magical item and then may, being like, but you've got to destroy it. Like, the party are going to be like, nah, nah. nah. Mm. It's like, but it's cursed. And they'll be like, nah, we can't. We'll deal with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know our party would. Yeah. yeah. So, so and the, 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 the sentence where Dungeon Master says, this will not ma- bring him friends, it already has. Yes. Like, literally, it's that is, already... That's the sole reason that he's their friend, really. <laughs> yeah. So, he's talking out of his ass. Anyway, Dungeon Master says that the talisman only protects the wearer, so Lorne, and puts all those around him in harm's way from people who want the stone and are drawn by its evil. Eric defends Lorne, and he's like, hey, Lorne is the best thing to happen to us in this realm ever. Bands of bros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which DM just disappears. <laughs> he's just like, like Eric like, goes on this like whole like, that. hey, he's great. Uh, we love him. And the team are like, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, so Dungeon Master and Dungeon Master's just gone. He's just smug. He's like, you've been warned. I'm yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's like, we've been down this road before when you opened the fucking box. I'm kind of done with you guys right now. <laughs> the box was his fault. Yeah. Geezer lurks. Then Geezer uses magic to throw rocks at the team. Which I'm like, of all the, the attacks, he's just like, I'm just going to throw rocks at them. Yeah, like, fair, fair, yeah, I mean, they're boulders. Yeah. Some of them are like big old boulders. So Lorne uses the amulet, but the amulet kind of goes off the rails and is really overly destructive and starts cutting down trees and endangering the party. Like one of the trees nearly falls on uni and uh, Bobby gets really shirty with Lorne. Eric, Eric smart mouth, he's like, he's like, you know, you be careful where you point that thing. He actually says that maybe they should destroy the amulet. And Lorne gets shirty back with him and they have some bounce back and forth but it gets a bit real man like a bit too real a bit too real <laughs> yeah Hank gives an ultimatum doesn't he yeah. it's like it's, it's that or us yeah and Lorne's like well fuck you guys I've known you for 30 minutes see ya <laughs> and uh, they go their separate ways and we then cut to what is a procession of the team gaslighting Eric mm. we, even though it was Hank who even though Hank gave the ultimatum yeah exactly and Harry's like, oh, you were really hard on Lorne. It's like, what are you talking about, Eric? That was their whole relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric is kind of bummed out. He's like, oh, I, like he's kind of worried about him. It starts off with Diana gaslighting him, Eric. And she's like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine out there. I'm sure nothing will happen. <laughs> At and this point, Uni even chimes in and goes, meh. Yeah. <laughs> like, to agree with Diana. <laughs> and then Sheila and Hank get in. They're like, oh, it's gaslighting Eric time. Count me in. <laughs> everyone just piles on Eric until they guilt Eric to go out by himself they're just like we'll thing. wait here Cause, yeah because no Hank declares bedtime yes. and he's like but Eric gets a pass Eric you, you cannot do bedtime and you go find Lord <laughs> at which point the worst fucking line in terms of you know characters and emotions of this whole series where Sheila is like oh you know Eric has finally found a real friend at last yeah like, you bastards. Exactly. You bastards. Because yeah. <laughs> they're all so toxic. Yeah. I mean, they are American high school students. But she's like, the most he toxic. doesn't even think of them as friends. No. Obviously. But she definitely doesn't. He should Well, I, I, I guarantee you, to the rest of that team, Eric is just a wallet. <laughs> yeah. He's a walking wallet. I bet he was funding the uh, the carnival trip. 
Probably, oh, yeah. But he was. Oh, I hate that. He d- totally was. He totally was. Like Eric, because he thought they were real friends. Yep. And we know his parents oh, don't actually, love him. That's actually heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we know his parents don't love him. So he like he'll even take fake like you know what's the what's it called like cupboard love I guess <laughs> yeah. financial cupboard love. <laughs> so Eric sets out to go and find Lorne. Bobby is confused. Because this is when Sheila spouts that line. Because Bobby's like, why is Eric going to look for Lorne? Lorne's a dick. And she's like, because he's his friend and we're not. <laughs> so meanwhile, the geezer, like, the ge- I said again, the geezer's just been doing his best Shadow Demon impressions and has been lurking and watching all of this. We then cut to Eric. Well, we cut to Lorne, who is starting to get a bit scared. You know, he's like alone at night. It's spooky. And then an arm, like a hand touches his shoulder and he startles but it's it's eric and eric's like chill dude <laughs> I, I i you know i've come to get you back and he's like oh great immediate <laughs> but, banter yeah because eric's like well, the only one small problem is I, I i've come to take you back but one small problem i'm lost and it's like lawns oh well great eric master explorer and eric's like well if i wasn't so good at getting lost i never would have found you and they're like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good and then for some reason, they decide to, cl- decide to climb the cliff face that they're next to. <laughs> Notice to anyone listening to this, never climb a cliff when you're lost. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how do... So unless Eric came down from that cliff, which he didn't because Lorne was facing that cliff when he came up from back. So he came from the opposite way. Why does continuing the way you were going think <laughs> you'll get back? Yeah, Eric's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, it makes sense. It's a vantage point, but like, not. You're right. It's in the opposite direction, direction where he's come from. Yeah, they climb. The next cut we have is them at the top of them at the top of this cliff, panting and bants back and forwards again. They're like, "Oh, you're out of shape." It's like, "Oh no, I'm just making you feel better." Blah blah blah. I want to point out actually that Eric does all his cliff climbing in full armor and carrying a shield. Yeah, <laughs> that kid is ripped. Yeah, he is like at yeah. least level fifteen, level sixteen by now. <laughs> yeah. So they they see uh, from the overlook from the vantage point they see a gypsy encampment <laughs> and Eric's like oh let's head down here and head for directions Lorne tries to stop him he's like there's something you should know about that encampment uh, he's like oh, it'll be fine it'll be fine we cut back to the team who are keeping a lookout for Eric and Lorne and Diana oh, I think it's either Diana or Hank is like I'll give them another 10 minutes uh, what trouble could they get into smash <laughs> cut to Eric under arrest <laughs> at the gypsy encampment he's like getting dragged <laughs> he's like I yeah. want my lawyer I want my lawyer I'm sorry what trouble could they get into in a realm full of demons full and of dragons trouble. and lizardmen <laughs> and <laughs> an Avenger <laughs> and yeah so they've been dragged before the elder of the, this viking elder of the gypsy encampment and he's like why did you come back wizard <laughs> <laughs> a woman comes out and like, he's not a wizard, he's a boy. And the guy's like, no, he's a wizard. They're both wizards pretending to be boys. <laughs> like the implication Obviously. that you can't be both young and a wizard. <laughs> the rabble from before grumble and start to close in on Lorne and Eric. Just as that, they're, they're kind of like closing in, the old geezer wizard dude appears and traps everyone except Lorne in force fields. Yeah. And... Dangerous force fields because Eric. He's already got it. a whole heap of energy. Yeah, power. he's got like, like a lot of magic. So, yeah. but yeah, they're all trapped in these force fields, and they're kind of closing in. And Geezer's threatening to kill everyone if Lorne doesn't give him the stone. Uh, Lorne is about to acquiesce to this, but the team shows up and starts attacking the Geezer, and are immediately just put in a force field and completely <laughs> neutralized. Like they, yeah, I think Hank gets one arrow. Yeah, they achieve nothing apart from putting themselves in peril. 
Lorne then gives the, he throws a talisman to this geezer, but Dungeon Master appears and catches it and sets them all free. And the geezer, who we find out now is named Korlak, immediately starts cowering. He's like, oh, Dungeon Master, I'm sorry, I didn't hurt anyone. I only wanted the talisman. Terrified of a greater evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dungeon Master, you start gaslighting. This is an episode yeah. of gaslighting. So Dungeon Master's like, go on, take it. You've searched, you've spent a lifetime searching for it. I know you want it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> yeah, you'll only, you'll only be haunted for evil, haunted by evil forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, it's fine. <laughs> so as DML offers, offers it to Korlak, Benjur appears. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll be taking that. <laughs> and uh, Q, Q hand blast. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's the Venger way. I show up, I hand blast, I leave. <laughs> There's your t-shirt. Show up, hand blast everything, please. Eat, sleep, hand blast, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> but don't you kind of want the t-shirt? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our first piece of merch. <laughs> <laughs> surely the rights to venture can't be that expensive <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure there's no rights on hand blast <laughs> that's true uh so yeah venger uh, has appeared and says he wants the talisman dungeon master says no the talisman is at its journey's end at least someone is hank mouths off to venger and venger immediately just goes fuck you and shoots him. hank has kind of lost all fear of venger yeah he really he? has they he's just, just like i know i could have killed other. you yeah Meanwhile, while this this pitch battle is going on, Dungeon Master is not helping. He's just continuing to gaslight Korlak. <laughs> he's like got him backed up against the wall. He's like, take it. Fucking take it. Take it, bitch. Go on, take it. Dare you. Fucking double dare you. I only you, hit you bitch. because I love you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like proper fucking sinister bastard at this point. So Korlak eventually caves and takes this uh, talisman and he uses it to confront Venger. So maybe not bad, dude. You know, it, like... Mm -hmm. Anyway, the talisman shoots Venger, like Venger goes to summon what effectively looks like a spirit bomb at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the talisman zaps it and just disintegrates the spirit bomb and then shoots the cliff. Like he gets taken out in the most monster minds way possible. <laughs> they just shoot the cliff from under him and he falls down a cliff. At least there's some consistencies across 80 skeletons. Anyway, Korlak says that after like Venger disappears and is driven away, Korlak kind of crumples down. He's like, Oh, that was my first victory and my last. And he throws away the talisman. What is this guy's deal? Ah, oh. <laughs> I know he's got so much character, oh. so little screen time as well. So much enigma around him. Nero's just elbowed his desk. If you're wondering what the noise is, holy um, bone. He spends the whole. So it's not. He spends the whole episode like creepily hunting down Lorne and the talisman, and then he gets the talisman. And then just gives it back to he uses, uses it, it once. once and is like, oh no, maybe that's that's enough for me. Yeah, he just gives it to Dungeon Master. So who, I don't know what because he used evil to fight evil, which what is a yeah. pretty good thing to do. What were his yeah. motives? What was did he just want to use it once to see what it was like and then he was gonna be done regardless? <laughs> well, I did wonder at the end of this episode whether Korlak will be back. Actually. Yeah, so it, it, there is some there's definitely allu allusions to a recurring character here. When Korlak says this was his last victory, Dungeon Master says, No, you're wrong. And then we cut to the morning and Lorne is going to live with the gypsies. Uh, the worst things Awkward. could happen. Awkward times with him and the big <laughs> big Viking guy yeah. who lives yeah. there and tried to kill him twice. <laughs> yeah. And like the entire rabble, like the entire village that were a rabble yeah. trying to this, hold him. This 
encampment has already tried to kill him twice and now they're just like, yeah. oh, sorry, do you want to come and live with us? It'll we'll give fine. you some bread. Like, we're not going to do it We actually again. have lots. <laughs> All we have <laughs> Yeah, it was actually the bread woman that takes him in as yeah. well. So he's sorted for bread now. But so, he, it, we didn't even get the bit where, like, he gets to say a fun goodbye to Eric or anything. Like, that, that he's just on the caravan being waved off. Mm. Yeah. Like they 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 have they they do have a little bants back and forwards as a goodbye like oh I won't miss you I'm fucking yeah you know just like mates mates lads 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 it's like lads. the only friend Eric's ever made yeah. the only real so friend sad. the only real oh. friend and Eric, as as they go off Eric's like ah oh, you hear Eric saying oh, I'm gonna kind of miss him maybe a little bit and the team are like mocking him and it's like oh Eric's got a friend Eric's got a friend <laughs> uh, and then we cut to. Uh, a beautiful sunrise on Pride Rock with <laughs> Dungeon Master and Korlax sat there. And Dungeon Master is saying that Korlax made a wide, wise choice, a wide choice, like your mom. My <laughs> 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 <Her> mom's dead. Because <laughs> she was so fat. So, but yes, Kulak, he's saying, yeah, Dungeon Master says to Kulak that he made a wide, a wise choice. I keep saying, I want to say wide, a wise choice. And as he says this, Kulak glows. He like, he tron, like he's got like tron yep. lighting for a moment. And then Dungeon Master says, all things are possible for one, for people whose hearts are free of evil. So this, yeah. you know, this is implying that... And he's hey, sort of like, Korlak is a little bit hunched to start and he kind of stands up a yeah. bit straighter. He doesn't like transform or anything. He just, he just stands up. He, he's, 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 he's Dungeon Master's side gig is chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cracked his exactly, back. Yeah. Are you feeling a bit crone-like? <laughs> <laughs> I've got one and fix what ails you. <laughs> the absence of evil in your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some new, it's nice. some it's, it's yeah. some Gwyneth Paltrow bullshit right there. It's just like, buy my goop. His buzz line is just like, take it. Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> positive, positive, positive reinforcement in my sex dungeon. Just take it. <laughs> anyway, and that and we end. We end. So yeah, like, so I thought maybe he'll come back. Yeah, I mean, straight, I, straight laced, straight back, cool along. Yeah, cool like, but. Yeah, like maybe he's going to be some guy that they run into in a dungeon somewhere, and he's going to be helpful. I, I like he definitely was set up to be someone of note. Yeah, or maybe he's just gone off to be Weezer Squeezer. That could be it. He could just be <laughs> off on his way to Prismos. But I need to say, like Dungeon Master is like, well, my side gig is I'm also Merklin, so I'm gonna. <laughs> is Dungeon Master running the Wizard Jail? Is he sending wizards <laughs> yes. from the Dungeons and Dragons realm to the Wizard Jail? Is Dungeon Master Merklin's brother? Like, they, they kind of look the same, except, you know, maybe yeah, he's just a dwarf brother. I don't, that's it. It's like, oh, Amazing. Merklin and Dungeon Master related. But anyway, that was the penultimate three episodes. We've got three more actual episodes and then the fan-made uh, episode, which is the actual pen script for the proposed finale that never happened and has been made into like a... Anim not animated, It's it's like a... Uh, audio comic yeah I think mm. they've used stock footage from the old cartoon no they've actually no no it's not uh, I, I'm not if they've used stock footage but I, I watched some of it and it's like still images like a comic book oh okay oh interesting okay. yeah because like the opening scene is Dungeon Master and Benger talking on a stormy like basically on weather top <laughs> oh man looking forward to it mm. these were good three episodes as well so mm. if this series is a bit strong it'd, it'd be nice to end on a, on a hide yeah a good four episodes yeah, definitely. Well, we shall see. I think I think still you're going to have to do a lot to beat the 
dungeon or what was it called the dragon the last yeah. dragon's graveyard graveyard, graveyard, graveyard yeah. of dragons yeah. Yeah. Yes. that episode was just something else I thought, the first of these three I really liked the yeah, yeah. I really thought it was going to be up there with that one but that, the ending just really yeah the ending is a bit of a cop out if it was going to be a two-parter or something mm. or lead on to something meaningful yeah. it was excellent yeah but yeah well, even if it was going to lead on to something meaningful, I think just having the big bad disappear completely, like, with nothing. He literally, like, he looked around, he saw Dungeon Master Avenger were gone and was like, oh, huh. Like, uh, if, he'd, like if he'd have left, like, a big demon-scarred face cauterized into the earth or something to, <laughs> if like... carved his face on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, just, like, <laughs> like, left a bat symbol kind of thing, just to be like, I'm going to be back. You know, mm -hmm. something that gives it a bit more weight than Dungeon Master, yeah. because nothing that Dungeon Master says has weight because he talks such bullshit. <laughs> That's fair. It's like, oh, yeah, he might be back. Oh. Watch, the, fr yeah. the frantic pacing and the animation quality yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. It's really like, cool. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's definitely up there, like... And I, I did enjoy, I enjoy the Nazi episode. It was random as fuck. It was different. That's yeah. yeah. It was it you know I enjoyed it. It That's was fun. Good. It was fun. It was it was very much out of left field or right field as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> right, is that the right wing? Right wing, yeah. <laughs> it was straight out of the third right. <laughs> <laughs> but that has been it. Wish you all a happy new year. I will be back next week with the final installment. Of Dungeons and Dragons. Bum, bum, bum. Your mum. <laughs> <laughs>